This podcast is a product of the 4th and Inches Network. A podcast network designed to keep Husky fans up to date on their favorite programs around UW. Enjoy the show and go dogs. Go dogs. Go dogs. Hey Husky fans, this is Trevor Mueller with the 4th and Inches Network. Uh, and with me, I got a really talented cast of people here to talk about another program here at Washington. And, you know, we've branched from football to men's and women's basketball, softball, baseball. And today we're going to be introducing gymnastics to the group. Um, and Krista, I'm going to give it to you. I'm really excited about this. I'm somebody who doesn't know a lot about gymnastics. I've listened to these people. I've already learned a little bit. So Krista, I'm going to give it to you now and uh, really enjoy this new member of our network. Thank you so much for inviting us to your network, Trevor. I'm Krista. Welcome to Husky Heights, where we talk about all things University of Washington gymnastics. And here are some of my fellow UW gymnastics enthusiasts. So I just want to welcome everyone else on the pod. I'm Susie. I'm Kaya. I'm Steph. And I'm Matt. So first, we have Steph who's going to give us a recap of UW gymnastics history just to get you all up to speed for the 2023 season. Yeah, so I'm going to start off just kind of talking a little bit about how the team is coming into this season, which during that season, we got a new head coach, uh, Jen Llewellyn. She came in from Lindenwood. She really led that team very successfully and really changed the culture of that program. And that is exactly what she's trying to do here at UW. And she, last year, they moved from number 41 to number 21 which is a huge jump in the rankings, especially for gymnastics where people, where teams tend to stay within the same rankings over a few years. Maybe, you know, there might be one year where you have a big jump in your team. Like maybe you've got somebody new that just really kind of fires the team and brings up the level. But normally, you know, it's pretty much you'll maybe move two or within two or three parts places in the standings. And last year was the final year for Geneva Thompson. She was a star on Bars and Vault, and she graduated at the end of last year. And last year was really a lot of moving pieces around because there were a lot of injuries. And also, um, one of the big highlights in the regular season was that Washington beat Stanford twice, and they finished sixth at the pac Balls which is the conference championship, and then went on to the regionals where they scored the highest regional score in team history with 197-175. And we'll explain later the, you know, what all these numbers mean and Scores. what <laughs> makes a good score and what makes yeah. a bad score. I'm curious if anyone has any thoughts about, um, anyone else like uh, has any thoughts about the 2022 season overall? Like I thought it was a great season, a great building season, considering it was um, Jen's first season as head coach. And I think one of the smartest things she did was bringing in Dia Moody, who is a former junior elite and had originally um, committed to Michigan. And she brought in Kennedy Davis as a transfer. Um, and she did that like right off the bat, like in her first couple of months. And really, um, although they had a kind of a rocky start, I think their first uh, their first score was 194 out of the from the beginning. They really were building throughout the season. I think that's something we're all hoping we'll do this season as well. I just wanted to say I think it was fun to kind of see um, Skylar Killa Wilhelm develop um, as a team leader and as an all arounder. Um, I don't know if, if anyone recognizes the name Sean Johnson, but she was she's an Olympic champion. Um, from 2008. Um, Skylar comes from the same gym that Sean comes from. Um, it's called Chow's Gymnastics. That. What? Really? What? I didn't know that yeah. either. You didn't know that? Really? Yeah, she's a Chow's gymnast. That makes so much sense. <laughs> yeah, that's why. Yeah. But anyway, Skylar Killa Wilhelm, remember that name. She's definitely, um, I would say, the best gymnast on the UW squad. And I think last season it was really fun to see her kind of hit her stride and have a glow up in her sophomore year. Susie did a little bit more research here and found that Skylar did indeed go to Chow's gym up until 2014. Chow's is the same gym where Sean Johnson went. And then after 2014, she went to Triad. These are both Iowa-based gyms. And definitely just their um, appearance at meets, they just looked happier, healthier. They looked like they were enjoying themselves compared to the 2021 season wherein they were kind of, they were, had a tentative um, like interim head coach and they just didn't look so energized or 
thrilled to be there, I want to say. Um, so they just, like, looked happier, and I think that's, like, most important because at the end of the day, like, it's more fun to watch happy gymnasts. <laughs> For sure. And I think I kind of have a question for everybody. So who did you, um, were you, did you enjoy watching most last year? And who do you think is going to kind of, I guess, as Matt said, have a glow up this year? Um, so for me personally, hands down, 100%, my favorite gymnast to watch last year was Geneva Thompson. I think uh, Krista and Susie could have predicted that one because I do uh, talk about her a lot in our Twitter group chat. Um, but it was really fun getting to watch her floor live. She was just so expressive and she was awesome on vault and bars as well. Um, the team is definitely going to miss her. Um, and in terms of who I think is going to have a glow up this year, I think there's a lot of different gymnasts that will continue to kind of uh, come into their own. Christy, you're pretty familiar with the roster. Um, who who do you think is someone to watch for this year? I definitely agree with you about Geneva Thompson, and I think she's worth mentioning just because I sh- think she left an indelible mark on the culture. Even though she graduated, she did like she came on for a fifth year, very last minute. She beat two Olympians on bars, which I will like never live that down. Like the best moment for me was when she. Um, and beat Grace and Callum and Emily Morgan against Utah, like such a historic moment. I think this year, and I, I also really enjoyed watching her last year. Um, I'm really looking forward to seeing more of Juana Navarro. I think she just brings such like expressiveness to all of her gymnastics. You can tell she's really competitive. She really wants it. She struggled a little bit on floor last year, but I think that was mostly due to COVID protocols. Um, but this season, just I mean, we're going to get into it soon, but I'm just like already so excited to see her. And I've also seen her spotted wearing grips. So I'm wondering if she's going to be doing the all around, which would be so Um, And she's currently a three eventer. So she does floor vault and beam and she's been doing so well. And although she's our only person who has a Yershenko one and a half, which is a ton of start value on vault. So definitely looking forward to her season. I mean, this is for one event for right now, um, but Morgan Bowles. Her beam is exquisite. I watched that. I mean, there are a couple things that can be fixed, like being a little short on the dismount, but overall just has such a great presence on beam, just moves so confidently through her moves. It's so cliche to say, but she really makes beam dance look like she's just on board, not up on beam. Um, And I really want to see if she'll get back on bars this year. Um, but her beam right now is like, that's a standout on that event for me. Definitely. So should we move on to talking about the 2023 season? We have Bia Moody coming back from an ankle injury. She fell on bars last year. It was like a really kind of a freak accident. Um, and so she's back. And then we also hopefully we'll have Ashley Blum back from also an ankle injury. She had an, an issue in vault warmups last year. I think it was at Pac-12, if I remember correctly. Um, hopefully she's coming back this season. We haven't seen her yet. And then we also have six incoming freshmen plus a fifth-year transfer that will hopefully be contributing to those lineups that we lost with Geneva Thompson. And we also lost Lauren Thomas, who transferred to Iowa State. Uh, so we're really only losing two gymnasts this season. Geneva Thompson's a huge loss, but uh, really excited for these freshmen. What do you all think of the freshmen so far? I'm super excited about these freshmen. I think they are going to be a fantastic asset to this UW team. Uh, They've already shown some impressive work, and they're just going to continue to get better. So Susie and I were both at the inner squad and just wanted to give a recap of what happened at the inner squad event. And so for everyone who's not as familiar with gymnastics, the inner squad is basically like an, an event that they usually have in December. They also do it in the gym probably every week where they kind of have like a mock meet um, where they divide the team into two. This time we just saw six routines from each event. Quick correction, there were eight, not six, routines on each apparatus at the inner squad. And so on vault, we had two, Skylar, Emily, Brenna, Lily, Lana, Amara, and Kennedy. And uh, I think starting off with vault, probably going to be a good event. We have a lot of freshmen who are um, showing up just to deepen the bench on the vault lineup. Two did have a little bit of an issue, but I noticed that she wasn't feeling too well that day. So I, I've seen her vaults from level 10, and they're amazing. She does a Yurchenko full. 
Um, I think the only issue I potentially see with Vol is just that we only have your Tinko souls, um, with the exception of Lana, who does a your Tinko one and a half, and Brenna does a your Tinko half. Any other thoughts, Susie, about the Vault lineup? Yeah, I think this looks like it could be UW's strongest uh, Vault lineup that we've seen in years. Since I've been following the team since 2013, so I guess that makes it 10 years now, Vault has traditionally been their weakest event, so I'm excited to see that we have at least six Vaulters this year because in some past years, they've only had five. And in gymnastics, you count five scores, but six gymnasts go up. So if you're having to count, if you only have five people going up, then you have to count all those five scores. So you have no room to make any mistakes. But now that we have at least six people who can go on vault, we should be able to get some pretty good scores. And then on bars, we have quite a few returning players, but then um, a couple new additions with the freshmen. So for returners, we have Skylar, Dia, Brenna, Morgan, and Taylor, and then the freshmen that showed our team at inner squad were Caitlin, Olivia, and Lily. I definitely think that the bars looked a lot better than what we saw early last season, especially the landings. Like, oh, there are a lot of sticks. I think early in the season, that's really impressive. I saw, like, a bit of improvement on the hand scans, and Kai and I have been talking up chat a lot about bars just because this seems to be, like, kind of an iffy event for UW. Sometimes they hit and then, you know, we have some issues here and there. I think the freshmen are bringing in kind of like that 9.7 to 9.8 range routine. And I think for UW in the postseason, like they're really going to need to, you know, get into the 9.8s if we want to, you know, do well at regionals. So, yeah, as you mentioned, bars was definitely a weak point last year. We lost a lot of meats on bars. Um, so I'm definitely looking forward to see how they do this year. We we have some depth there too, and still lots of room for improvement. Like you mentioned, the handstands need a bit of work, uh, but I think they can get there, and I'm looking forward to see what they do this season. And then beam is like traditionally, I, well, not traditionally, but at least last year, we had a great year on beam, and we have all of our turners, the exception of Hadley, who is a fifth-year transfer, so I kind of consider her a returner, especially since she's already been coached by Jen Luong before, so on beam, the lineup was Brenna, Lana, Morgan, Hadley, Skyler, Dia, Lana, and Kennedy. And then we also have two who's a freshman who has, I think she, I don't have it right in front of me, but she's um, scored really well in level 10. Uh, and I think she'll do, she could potentially provide some depth later on in the season on beam if needed. And wasn't she the California state champ on beam? She was, yeah. Beam has definitely been a strong event for UW over the past few years, and that certainly looks to continue this year. Um, as always, the main challenge with Beam is being able to stay on. So if the Huskies can stay on the Beam, then they are sure to put up a great score at each meet on the Beam. The Beam is only four inches. For those listeners who aren't familiar <laughs> yes. with uh, the Beam, basically hold your phone out in front of you, and that's about how wide the Beam is. Oh, I never thought of that, but that's so true. <laughs> Yeah, and there's a new addition to the code this year. They have to do, I think, a C dismount. So I think that'll, uh, I'm, I think I saw some changes to the Husky beam dismounts. And so we'll see if that kind of how that plays out throughout the season. For the layman, what is a C dismount? Kaya, you can, can help me out with this. But basically, skills are rated um, from easiest to hardest. And A is the easiest, and in NCAA, an E is the hardest. An A is worth one-tenth of a point. Um, a B is two, a C is three, a D is four, and an E is five. So in the past, gymnasts were allowed to do a B dismount as long as it was in combination with um, a D skill, so a harder skill. So last season, what we saw a lot of was a side aerial directly connected to a layout full as a dismount. But since the sports kind of governing body changed that rule, they can no longer do that. Or they were with, they would receive um, a deduction. So now they have to do a C. So um, some of what I've been seeing, not necessarily just with UW, but is a side aerial, um, a one and a half, which is a C. Yeah, it's it's kind of, it is a big change because lots of gymnasts utilize that dismount. We're seeing lots of gainers too, gainer dismounts, which somebody should describe that to a layman because I can't describe it. You're do you're standing on one foot. You swing your foot, your other foot to get momentum. And the swinging backwards or swinging it down and kind of going forwards is what gives you the momentum to do a flip as opposed to running and then jumping off both feet. You're going to be doing it standing or coming out of a handstand, a back handspring or something like that. 
but they're pretty versatile. They can be done forward off the end of the beam and then back off the sides. Yeah, in NCAA, we're seeing a lot of inner dismounts off the end of the beam and a lot of dismounts off the, the side of the beam. And we're seeing some of these dismounts off the side of the beam being done in combination with a cartwheel or a back handspring. Yeah, so Brenna has, I think, a stag jump to a gainer dismount. So it's something to look out for on the beam lineup. So moving on to floor. So at the inner squad, we had Skylar, Emily, Emily Innes. Innes I'm not sure if it's Innes or Innes. I've heard it pronounced both ways. Uh, two, Amara, Lana, Hadley, Taylor. And then we also have Kennedy, who has done floor in the past, and Brenna, who's done floor in the past. And then Isa and Gabby warmed up, but did not compete at the inner squad. So we have quite a lot of depth on floor which is great. Uh, I think um, all their teams looked fantastic at Inner Squad, especially for a month before season. I think endurance tends to be kind of an issue um, for you to on floor. That last pass is always a little bit iffy. You can kind of see it in their faces. They're tired. And so this will be definitely another make or break event, I think, in 2023. Yes. And one of my favorite floor routines this year is Lana's. It's got some great music, great choreography, very entertaining. And then from a uh, clean cleanliness perspective, I guess to say, um, Skylar Kilo Wilhelm on every event, her form is perfect. Everything she does is beautiful. Um, I do photography for UW Gymnastics and every picture I get of her is always gorgeous. So keep an eye out for her as well. And I think yeah. another gymnast to watch on floor is Amara Cunningham. I wasn't at the Interscrab, but, but she killed it this last weekend at the Super 16 meet and she got a 9-9 which is just one-tenth below the coveted 10.0. So I think she definitely has a lot of talent on this event, and she's going to be a leader of the Huskies lineup this season. Definitely. She consistently goes 9-9 plus. And really the only issues I saw, the inner squad are just like a little bit below chest on the landing, but she never falters, never stumbles. Like all of her tumbling is just top-notch. I think, you know, just from the inner squad to how she normally does, I'm sure it was just an endurance thing, and she'll, she'll be tip-top shape and um by the time we have like our first home meet and i can see it in person with my own eyes and she did great in the super 16 event as well as we're about to talk about so that's a good segue to move on to super 16 which was such a historic event so kaya tell us about super 16 it was a really big opening meet usually it's just against a team a pac-12 team at home or away but this had 16 of some of the best teams in the country split up into four sessions, so four teams per session. And we had the honor of competing against Fisk University and in their inaugural gymnastics meet. So they are the first ever HBCU to have a women's gymnastics team. And HBCU is a historically black college or university. And all of the gymnastics teams are at predominantly white universities so Fisk was able to get this team up and running, I think, in less than a year, which is kind of unheard of in terms of gymnastics. Clemson is adding a team, and I think it's it was announced two years before it's actually happening. So a less than one-year turnaround to add a sport is really impressive. Um, something about Super 16 that's also really cool and a great opportunity early on in the season is the fact that it's on a podium. So most gymnastics meets are on a basketball floor or a concrete floor. Sometimes they're on top of ice arenas. It really depends on where you end up, but a hard floor. And when they're up on podium, it's what it sounds like. There's a podium, so it's raised up above the floor and it's a little bouncier. I've competed on podium once. I don't exactly know how to explain it, but it does not feel like you're tumbling on concrete. The landings are a little different. The takeoffs are really different. And all of postseason, or almost all of postseason, is done on podiums. And so if you can get the chance to have one more meet on podium, that's really good. Because you don't get to practice on that. All of the facilities are just on the ground like every other meet. Um, we were in session one, expected to win. We ended up taking second to Southern Utah. But was pretty close up until the end. It came down to the last routine, which is always exciting. And this was definitely the first opening meet for any of those 16 teams that was like this. Sometimes 
Um, you'll get teams doing a quad, which is just when you have four teams, but never four quads in one weekend all at the same arena. That's definitely more like a regionals or like the NCAA finals where 16 teams go and then only four end up in the last session. So let's talk about each event. So we started on vault. We got to do Olympic order, which is vault, bars, beam, floor, which is just the way they do it at the Olympics. You guys talked about podium. Um, the only thing that I can think of that compares in, in my paradigm would be playing tennis on a clay court versus a grass court versus a concrete court. Is that kind of similar to what we're experiencing here? And if most places around the country are just on the floor, why do it differently at the you know, at the end of the season when it's most important. I've never played tennis, but I would say that's a pretty good comparison because I would imagine that playing on all those surfaces feels different. And it's for TV. Um, the postseason is in bigger arenas where the floor is sunken down. It's not a basketball floor that's at level, uh, where the floor is at level with the seats. And so if everyone's down in this pit, it's way harder for cameras to get good angles because they're shooting up into the lights. And it's also harder to see just as a spectator. Uh, so I, I'm pretty sure that's the only reason. If there's another reason that anyone can think of, then they can chime in. But I think it's all TV and media driven. But yeah, I wondered that myself. Uh, I kind of figured it was for media, but it's very, that's, yeah, it's very interesting because it, it does, you know, impact athlete safety, changing equipment a lot. It's something that I think gets talked about a lot in the gymnastics community is how the gymnasts have to change equipment and how that impacts their gymnastics and I think we did see it um, play out in this meet as well there you know you could see you could physically see on the tv that the beam was like bouncing <laughs> it can be good and bad it's just something you have to get used to because um, the beam being a little bouncier is nice unless you're not used to it and then it's just going to throw you completely off and the vault not feeling like you're landing on concrete and killing your ankles is really nice, but then it's also bouncier. So you want to control and absorb the landing a little bit differently than you're used to. It's worth noting that the gymnasts aren't just thrown out on the equipment, uh, you know, during the meet itself, they have a podium training. So they, they are given some time to get used to uh, the differences with the podium. Yeah, so we got to start on vault. Total score as a team was a 48.825. We've talked about ideal scores or scores you want to shoot for a little bit. I would say a 49 is a good day. You want to count 49 plus um, or at least average that on all four events. That'll get you to a 196. And that is a good score. Um, 197 is great. 198 is amazing. Um, teams that are in the final four are getting 198s. So up on vault, we had Kennedy, Brenna, Lana, Skyler, Amara, and Emma. And three of those gymnasts got a 9-8, and all three tied for third on the event. That was Brenna, Lana, and Amara. And I was not able to find a video of Lana and Amara's vault. Does anyone know if she did the one and a half or if she did a full? I don't know. I wish I knew. <laughs> yeah, that's the unfortunate part of this meet is that because it was a quad meet, we didn't get to see all of the gymnasts compete. But um, we did get to see Skylar um, and Amara and Brenna's because Ozone graciously uh, recorded some of the footage. And from what I saw from Brenna and and Skylar and Amara's vaults, they were all really great vaults. I think I saw that Skylar just had like a little bit of a shuffle with her feet and her arms, but otherwise that was such a good vault. And I think she's going to be, she's going to have a really good vault this season. I'm just predicting it. She's going to have a stick. She's going to have like a 995 or 99 at least um, because her vaults have just continued to get better and she gets so much height and distance from the vault that they, the judges just can't ignore that. Um, I think the, a theme that we'll see throughout this particular meet is that just judging was really, really tight, especially in session one, which is typical in gymnastics when there's multiple sessions in a meet. They'll be a little bit tighter in the beginning, and then they'll get a little loose later in, older, in later sessions. So I thought overall this was a great vault turnout. As Susie mentioned, I think this could be a strong point for us. Yeah, one thing about the judging, I do know that, one, it's the first meet of the season. So everyone reviewed the code the day before. So the first session, they're really ready. And then by the fourth, they 
didn't just read the code. But I found scoring to be pretty accurate, but I also know there was at least, so the head beam judge is from Washington and usually judges at Washington meets. And if she was called down, then I'm wondering if there were judges from around the country um, because we had teams from around the country. And I'm wondering if that had anything to do with the scores, but I also have not looked at the lists of judges and where they normally judge. Um, Yeah. Vault was good. I mean, it's better than it has been. Um, It's not amazing. We only have one 10.0 start value. Your Chanko fulls um, are all 9.95, so you cannot get a perfect 10. Um, and we were discussing whether Lana did a one and a half or a full, uh, because that's the difference in the start value. A one and a half is harder. You're landing forward, so you can't see where the floor is when you're going to land. It's called a blind landing. And so you get that extra half tenth in your start value. We also had freshman Emma Schrady debut on vault. We didn't get to see it, but she did She did compete vault. Um, and that's exciting. I've seen her vault uh, in from level 10, and she's a really good vaulter, so I think she'll be a great contribution to the vault lineup for sure. Uh, then we moved on to bars. We got 48.25, so the same score. Um, again, close to a 49, but not quite. Just lots of little things on bars, handstands, just hitting those handstands, getting to a nice shape, showing them off is something that really changes and differentiates good routines and great routines. Um, just looking a little more polished. And if you get up to that handstand, you show it off, you know exactly where it is. That shows the judges, like, I'm a great bars worker. Um, Skylar is a great lead off because she's really consistent, but I feel like that could go, oh yeah, one judge did give her a 995. Yeah, that was wild, the split. So just for context for everyone, there's two judges and they take the average between two. And there was actually a lot of discussion on Twitter, like why did Skylar get a 975 from one judge and then a 995 from another judge? Uh, I, after reviewing the video before this podcast, I think it was her first handstand. I think uh, she sometimes doesn't hit that first handstand or close her legs completely before um, continuing the giant. And I'm guessing that maybe they just took two tenths for that. Um, but I would love your, I'd love to know what you think, Kaya, on that. Um, so I watched it. We don't get the judge's angle. We had like a, I forget exactly what it was, but we didn't get to see what the judges were seeing. And so it's really hard to see how far over in a handstand or things like that. Um, if I'm for, getting... But just for context, in order to avoid a deduction on a handstand scale, gymnasts are supposed to be completely on top of the bar in a vertical position. They are allowed to be um, 10 degrees or fewer uh, past the handstand position and avoid a deduction. But the problem uh, with judging right now is that it's subjective. Um, the human eye plays a big part in judging. Uh, they are working on robot judging, and there's some kind of uh, debate in the gymnastics community as to whether or not we want it, but it would definitely um, help to avoid um, judging errors like, in my opinion, there was uh, in Skylar Killa Wilhelm's routine. Sorry, Kai, I didn't mean to cut you off. Oh, you're good. Um, if I'm being really nitpicky, and mind you, I'm not a judge. I've just watched a lot of gymnastics and coached a lot of gymnastics. Um, I had her over on the first handstand and then pretty late on the blind change. Um, she was way past 10 degrees when that second hand got on. And so I wouldn't be surprised if they took a deduction there. And this is something I doubt they took a deduction on because it's college gymnastics. But when you do an overshoot, you can hit handstand or you can hit horizontal. You can hit anywhere between the two. But hers was slightly under horizontal from our angle. And so I have no idea what it looks like to the judges if it was obviously horizontal, obviously over, or obviously under. And that's assuming they were even looking for that, which I don't know if they are. Sometimes deductions like that get forgotten about. But overall, it's a good routine. Like handstands being a little over, not quite hitting horizontal, those are easy fixes. And so I think this could be a 995 routine and not have the 975 split. That's just so weird. But yes, yeah, the lead off. 
and I think it could get a higher score if it was at the end, but it's also solid. I feel like it's one of the more consistent bar routines. And so if that's the best lead off they have, then that's the best lead off they have. Leading off can be really like mentally tough. And so if she's the gymnast that's up for that challenge on bars, then it really wouldn't be fair or good to force anyone into a lead off position. And it's still got a 985. So it's a good score. And if you put someone else on lead off and got the event off to a bad start, I feel like a 985 versus a 995 is worth having a strong start and really carrying like good energy throughout the rest of the bars rotation. Um, we didn't get to see a ton of events. I only have notes on Skylar's and Brenna's routine. Brenna's got a nine six seven five, which I was a little bit surprised that it was that low because there weren't any major breaks. There were just lots of little things, leg deductions. And Brenna has a beautiful handstand, but she just needs to really hit those and show it off because she's within ten degrees, but just hitting that right on top of the bar and holding it for just a little bit would really take her routine from good to great. The biggest thing I saw, she loses pressure down on the bar. So you want to be pushing down on the bar in a handstand um, to maintain your shape. And if you kind of aren't as tight, you're not squeezing as tight, you're not pushing as hard, you'll get a little bit of a shape change and it's a deduction and you lose some control in that handstand. So during her blindfold, she loses a bit of that handstand shape, which was the biggest thing that I saw in her routine. And it wasn't even that big. There were no major falls. But I would add that I think um, I love Brenna, but all of her uh, leg separations add up because I think on most of her skills, she has at least a small leg separation. So I think that's something that really puts a ceiling on um, her scoring potential on bars, but I would love to see her, you know, get in the gym and chip away at those details so that she can, you know, increase her maximum score. Yeah. And if you don't watch gymnastics, we're talking about really minor things. If you watch that routine, it's still amazing gymnastics. They're all amazing gymnasts. We're getting nitpicky. We're looking at if their toes are coming apart on a skill while they're flipping through the air and trying to catch a bar. So these are still good routines. And it's the first meet, so these are little things that I hope can be fixed and worked upon throughout the season and would just get tenths back. Definitely. And some of the things we're talking about, I think, are kind of consistent across a few of the gymnasts um, with handstands and the overshoots and, and things like that. And hopefully they can work on these things throughout the season. And I've heard gymnasts say that bars is like the hardest to get back after a break. And that's another thing is that we just had, you know, the holiday break. So I think that we'll continue to improve. I think a major win was just everyone stayed on the bar. Like there were no falls and that's a huge win. Um, same with fall in the first uh, com competition of the season. That is fantastic. So the win there. Yeah, last year, one of the biggest issues they had was just falls on bars. And since you can only drop one score, if you have two or more gymnasts fall within a bar rotation, then it's just really hard to come back from that. So, yeah, this is definitely a great start. And it'll be exciting to see the freshmen step in on bars because, you know, we did lose Geneva Thompson's routine. And so someone will need to make up for that score if we want to kind of maintain our position. I think uh, Lily and Olivia both offer really great, beautiful bars routines, and I think we'll continue to see them build their scores throughout the season. So next we had Beam, which was a 48.85 total. Um, first off with Brenna, then Taylor, Morgan, Lana, Kennedy, then Skylar. Beam has always, at least since I've been watching husky gymnastics since also around 2013 um beam's been their event in 2020 they got i think it was a 49.65 which is amazing and just for reference that's the kind of score that like a team that uh would be contending for a national title would get on beam that's how good it is so like if they put um like if a, if a top team scored a 49.65 at the national championships, they would be happy with that score. So that that is really impressive coming from a smaller program like the University of Washington. 
Yeah. Um, they had Evan Roberson scoring a 10.0 during that. And I mean, maybe we'll see another 10 with Skyler. Or, I mean, I would love to see one from Morgan. I think that she has the performance for it. It's just there were little wobbles. There were little breaks. But that's a great, great beam routine. I already talked about it. Um, I think Brenna as well. I think Brenna, unfortunately, she's always in the leadoff spot, which when we say leadoff, we mean the first position. And judges tend to be a little bit more strict in the first position. But Brenna has gone... 99 plus multiple times and she has a really beautiful routine I was surprised we didn't get to see her routine at super 16 on tv I was really surprised to see her score 97 because normally she scores closer you know I was expecting a 98 plus routine from her um so I don't know if that was just really strict judging or maybe she had a couple wobbles or form break but um I think she's a really exciting gymnast to watch on this apparatus as well yeah, so that's three out of the six routines were like, oh, these are amazing. These can go 9-9 nine, nine, like every week. So theme is the best event. Um, I have other notes. We did get to see Taylor Russin's routine on Beam on TV, and it was a great routine. I think I've seen Taylor say on TikTok that was kind of a nervy event for her, and um, I don't I think it was, you know, I definitely saw the nerves on her face. I Normally, she does a really great job on beam, and she has beautiful leaves. That's a zone that photos you take, Susie, are amazing. I think Taylor, as long as she works on her confidence, she could be a beam queen as well. And she's still only a junior. She has room to grow. Um, I, I think she's a spectacular gymnast, very similar to Skylar, where um she has those great basics and great artistry and can't wait to see how she does. Uh, I think the, the fall is unfortunate, but, you know, it's, it's getting out those first week jitters and it didn't, um, thankfully that was the only fall we had, so it didn't, uh, you know, impact our score too much. And um, just excited to see where she goes. Yeah, Beam was solid overall. There weren't super low scores. There weren't super high scores. I mean, Skylar got a 9-9, but there were all of them all of them weren't high scores like you're seeing in 2020 um but it definitely wasn't bad it was just a lot of tiny little wobbles it wasn't anything foundationally wrong with the beam routines it was the first meet um so i think moving on to floor that was the highest event total of the day with a 48.975. We had Skylar leading off, then Emily with her freshman debut, Lana, then Hadley, Amara, and Kennedy. Husky floor is good. Um, there's, there aren't a ton of things to say about it overall, I feel like, other than a lot of the same passes most mm-hmm. of the routines have I think almost all of them because I, I wrote it down because I needed to count this out but almost all of them have a round off layout one and a half to a front layout but that's not yeah. specific to you double point no right? it's not you see that yeah. pretty much every team I think where it probably impacts UW is honestly just like the performance at meets. You know, it's good to bring the audience a variety of skills. And we used to have like a full in or um or a double layout and we don't have those skills in our team. I know we have some future freshmen coming in that will bring some of those unique skills. But um probably to most people these skills, you know, they wouldn't notice the difference. Um but I actually I want to disagree with you, Kaya, on uh the piece that there's things, you know, there's no overall themes. I think for me I've consistently seen some issues with twisting. Um, I've seen, you know, some cross legs and just difficulty getting amplitude off of twisting events. And I'm curious what you think about that. Okay, things like cross legs, that is, that's the club coaches. Once, if you're talking about in a full, if there's cross legs in just a full, that's going to be a really tough habit to break. Um it's hard to feel when you're twisting what your feet are doing. And there's not a drill that I can think of. Bars, you have sticky toes. They're little Velcro bands that go on your feet so you can feel when your feet pull apart. 
but that doesn't really work for tumbling because you're moving so fast you can't feel that. Um, there were a couple during Kennedy Davis's routine. There were a couple twisting mishaps. I guess would be the best way to say that. Um, I don't think she was lost on either of them, or not fully lost. A lot of people bring up the twisties because that you know, that got popular, or like that term got popularized in 2020 uh, or 2021 with Simone, but the 2020 Olympics. Um, For layman's the- speak, um, the twisties refers to uh, when a gymnast is doing a skill where they twist in the air and they get lost, like they can't spot where they are or they can't, you know, count how many twists they're doing. Basically, like, um, an integral part of their routine, which is twisting, um, is messed up if they have what we are referring to as the twisties. Yeah, if anyone has ever done, like, a front flip or back flip on a trampoline or into a pool, and you feel completely lost in the air, and you think you're going to land on your neck, that's what the twisties are. Um. But watching her first pass, I watched it like probably 10 times, slowing it down. She was watching the ground. She was spotting for the ground, looking for it. She knew where she was. It looked like her knee buckled a little bit. And so instead of her rebound sending her where she wanted to be, it was a little unpredictable. Um, So instead of doing a layout step out, she did a back handspring, which is basically the same skill, but one doesn't use your hands and one uses your hands. And then just had a weird front double full um landed more of a one and three quarters um but even she got up and she's like I don't know what happened I mean that's reading her lips but she was walking over to her coach saying I don't know um so I wouldn't be too worried I mean I don't think that's something that happens every day in the gym um and the knee buckling I mean everyone's human sometimes people's knees give out while walking so I wouldn't be super worried about her having the twisties or anything like that Um, I think it was just an off routine yeah she looked a bit nervous before the routine started too I thought like she had to wait a while before um for the judges and so hopefully it was just first week nerves and um I mean, she's an amazing floor worker. She got a 9-9 at Pac-12 last year. I'll never forget that routine. It was so good. I think she's only going to improve from here. And uh, I, I'm, I think that the next meet is also going to be a podium meet, which is the Wasatch Classic. So hopefully she got a chance to do that routine again. I love the music, though, I will say. Uh, I really love that music. And Same. Yeah, I, I, I love all, like all of the music this season. I think it's really unique. And um, Amara also won four for the session one, which is amazing. She always goes 9-9 plus on her floor routine. So that was exciting to see. Yeah, one little fix I did notice in a couple of routines was a little bit of soft knees and double pikes. Um, mm. And then also... Amara has the tiniest little bit of soft knees in her back handspring. Uh, I don't even know if the judges are watching that. You yeah, know, I noticed that too. With when you're the, in club, um, yeah, they're going to be watching, but I don't know about college. Yeah, a lot of times with the one and a half layouts, the layout might have a little bit of soft knees, but I don't know. Yeah, I don't know if the, the judges are seeing that or not. One of the things oh. that we've seen these routines so many times that we we see them, but it's still early in the season, but. And I'm but sure that are... the judges are seeing the deductions, but the question is whether they're deducting for the deductions. And um, oftentimes the answer is no, they're not deducting. Because, you know, uh, us gym nerds, we can like see routine and we can pick it apart and identify like five or six deductions in a routine. Um, but we'll still call for a score of like nine, eight, five or something. Because the thing to remember when watching NCAA gymnastics is that the judges are very lenient and um, they do not deduct everything that they should. Um, and I, one of the big issues, which if um, you keep listening, what I'm sure we'll get into is um, chronic overscoring, especially of like top teams. The judges are super duper lenient and they give scores that are way more generous than you should be. So uh, long answer long, I'm sure the judges see the things that we're talking about, but we're not sure if they're taking deductions for them. And yeah, I've heard on Gymcastics, uh, they've said that when they talk to judges, a lot of 
NCAA judges will take like a quarter temp like in their mind and then they'll like add them up uh, as opposed to taking uh, I guess half temp uh, so yeah that's just something interesting to keep in mind like throughout the season but I feel like for Washington the home judges in general and obviously at this podium meet they do take more deductions than we see for other teams <laughs> um, I think even at the meet last year uh, Utah at Washington I saw like a lot of deductions were not being taken against Utah that they were taking for Washington even though it's at home so yeah I think it, there's a lot of leotard bias you'll probably hear us say that throughout the season but um, it's just kind of something we have to deal with as Washington fans, is that sometimes we don't get judged the same as, say, a UCLA or Utah. <laughs> Which are, UCLA and Utah are the top teams in the conference, I would say. Um, like I was saying, how top teams uh, get scoring gifts from the judges and how they kind of look the other way with the top teams. UCLA and Utah are two of the top teams that we're talking about. For sure. So, um, and Skyler took away the all-around title for that first session, which is really exciting. And now I believe she's ranked 21st in the country. So she came away with an all-around score of 39.325. And, and, oh, go ahead. Okay, yeah, I was going to say the team total was a 195.475. So not quite that 196 number. Um, but it is the best opening score since 2004 which is 18 years i think 19 19, 19. years oh right it's 2023 <laughs> <laughs> i still haven't adjusted to that um which is surprising because i don't remember first meets being so low that low <laughs> yeah I, yeah <laughs> i'm thinking like 2017 and 2018 they were scoring that low I when know. they were opening but I wasn't following as closely then as I am now, but that was just a little surprising. I mean, it's great that they did. I was just surprised that 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 a one ninety five four seven five was like pretty historic for an opening score. I agree. Um, and just for context, we started last season with a one ninety four in the first meet, and I mean, usually those first meets are you know shortly after the holidays. But I think um, just based on what I saw at Inner Squad, I mean, I know that they can do even better than this. We didn't even put up some of our best performers. We didn't have Ashley Blum, who can score 9-9 on floor. We have some folks who are who didn't even compete yet at this meet. We have freshmen who are still working out their jitters. So really, there's only way, like, only up to go from here. And um in the beginning of last season, we started out in the third, number 38 position, and then we worked our way up to 21. And so being at 25 already this early in the season, like I, I'm just really excited for the team. I think it was a great start. I feel like we didn't get into it that much, but the 2021 season was weird. Yeah. <laughs> because in 2020, we're talking they're scoring – team scores on beam that are at the national level you know you're setting team records and then 2021 happened you lose a head coach a few weeks before season you can't actually get in the gym and train until november things because are going to be canceled yeah i'm sure most of our fans um fans listeners um <laughs> are from the Seattle area um, and the Northwest. So I'm sure they're familiar with COVID protocols that we have. They were a lot more strict than other areas in the country. Um, so other teams were given kind of a, an advantage over UW and other Northwest, West Coast teams because they were allowed to go into the gym and train as a whole group uh, before we were. Yeah, just as an example, Stanford didn't even compete in 2021 due to COVID, COVID protocols. So. And they had to train outside. Stanford had to train outside, which is that if, if you follow gymnastics, you'll know that that's, that's kind of crazy. Um, yeah. 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 So yeah, that's Stanford, Stanford did actually compete a handful of meets, like literally, I think five towards the end of the season, but about half of their team opted out 
Yeah, because I think they had the minimum number of meets that you had to get a national qualifying score. Um, okay, so yeah, they, they, the they basically, yeah, they didn't make it because okay. they just okay. didn't have enough depth. Um, but they did do a few meets, but yeah, they, for all intents and purposes, they did not have a, a season. Yeah, but that that's 38 ranking. That's pretty low for the team. I can't remember a time that they've been ranked that low, but that was definitely an outlier. That was a weird season. Um, so it was a great jump, but that 38 is not, that's not normal. Right. <laughs> They're usually around, ranked between like 15 and 20, or 20, 25. Yeah, I can say 25 for sure. It's just, I think something to keep in mind for this season too, is that there's, it's hard to hold our position in the top 20, or in the top 21, I should say, because there's like so many teams that are in that. 22 to 25 range that are like right on the line of like where University of Washington is as a team and so there's like all this new competition coming in like Penn State and um, even Arizona State like these other teams that are growing their program Southern Utah that you know came in first that's in this session uh, they're just like right on our heels and so it'll be really interesting to see how this season plays out and if we'll be able to like hold on to that top 21 spot I hope that we can it's just um that's why it's a good season to watch so any other any thoughts about the kind of successes of the meet overall I thought it was a great way to start the season they looked good they had minimal mistakes but also plenty of opportunities to improve uh, so I think it it's a great start and I look to see where they will go from here so move on. Uh, so we can move on to no, this part out. <laughs> looking ahead to the rest of the season. So definitely I think some strengths that we have are our beam depth and also our newfound vault depth as well. Uh, I think there's room to grow there, but I'm really excited about the beam lineup this season because this is a really experienced beam lineup and I think that both Skylar and Brenna can have potential to get 10s that would be amazing if we could get a 10 because we haven't had one since I think 2020 and I think um one thing to note is that uh when a gymnast gets a 10 there's a certain level of exposure that comes with that because I remember um when Caitlin Ohashi, I don't know if you'll recognize that name, but Caitlin Ohashi, she was a UCLA gymnast. She's actually from the Seattle area. She got a 10 on floor at UCLA and there was um, like a news segment that played in Sacramento where my grandparents lived at the time. And my grandpa called me and he was like, I know you love gymnastics. I just want to let you know this gymnast got a perfect 10. So I think that, um, you know, having those news clips playing around the Seattle area could definitely benefit a small program like UW and it could bring uh, recognition to the talent that we have. And I think it could really help to bring um, some foot traffic into our meets. So I, I definitely agree. I think um, Skylar Killa Wilhelm and Brenna Brooks are definitely probably two of the, the best hopes for getting a 10 uh, for the Huskies this year. Just a little piece of um, or fun fact with gym connections. Um, Jet, our head coach, Jen, and then Caitlin Ohashi both trained at Gym East, which is just over in Bellevue. So Ohashi moved to Chow's, I think, at one point, but she did start at Gym East, and then I'm pretty sure Jen finished her level 10 career at Gym East. That's pretty cool. I think we should still talk about Washington-based gymnasts on this podcast because, I mean, I think we're all fans of Jordan Childs, even though she goes to UCLA. Um, she's an amazing gymnast from Washington. She's and from Vancouver, Washington, which that's yes. where I'm from. <laughs> Yeah, so we're that's the cool thing about gymnastics. We can be fans of everyone. There's room in that room for everyone. Yes. Although not everyone agrees because um I was at um Alaska Airlines Field for the UW versus Utah meet last year and I ran into Megan Marsden, who used to be the head coach of uh Utah. And she was very nice, but she was very intense. She was like are you rooting for the Utes? And I said, Oh no, I root for both teams. You know, it's gymnastics. We can we're all friends here. And she was like no, no, go use. Go. I mean, she said it nicely, but it was, it was, it was funny. <laughs> you can tell. Well, she's it's a shame because I feel like all the Utah fans who showed up at Washington, they were all cheering for Washington too. So, 
yeah, I think Utah fans are actually pretty cool. Like, they're pretty good about cheering for whichever team. Yeah, I'm not trying to (laughs) slander Megan. It was just kind of a funny anecdote. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. So I think overall, um, in terms of just, I don't like to use the word weaknesses, but I don't know what other word to use. Um, We definitely had to break into the 98 kind of a 98 plus category if you you know want to be solid for making it into the postseason into regionals again especially because there's this like all these other teams coming up like Clifton and Dark Heels and I think even if we like had the same scores as last season it wouldn't put us in the same position because there's just so many good teams coming up and there's gonna be so much more competition but what do you all think? Just one little note um, averaging 9-8 gets you 196. Um, and I would say the top 20 teams are definitely averaging 196 and then top 10 is averaging high 90s, 197s, but at least getting to 197 almost every weekend. And then between 10 and 20, you're between those two scores. I would definitely agree that overall the league is much more competitive than it was. I think teams, even in the Pac-12, like Arizona State and uh, Stanford too, they're a lot more competitive than they used to be. Um, For example, Stanford uh, ranked 14th last year and we were 21st. Washington was 21st. So they kind of leapfrogged us. Even though we did beat them twice last season, they leapfrogged us. Um, And I think they're only really going to get better this year. They recruited Anna Roberts. She's actually from the Seattle area. Yeah, (laughs) she is from the Seattle area and I think she's definitely going to make an impact on their team. And with Arizona State, Last year, they were 22nd, so they were right behind us, and I think there'll be good competition for us this year, too. I think it, it'll be really interesting, and I think a lot of it will come down to, you know, who hits the most consistently. It, it'll be really interesting to see how it plays out, and there's a lot of different factors that will influence it, um, and I think it's a little bit too early for us to kind of definitively determine whether we're going to make postseason or who's going to beat us. I think it, it's all up in the air at this point. For sure. I definitely see Arizona State as one of our top competitors in the conference, I think Arizona even, I mean, I know they didn't have their best first meet of the season, um, but they still did pretty well. And I think they were in the high 194s. I think all of Pac-12 is really, really like we're all in the top 25. uh, And that's pretty exciting. And I think it's going to make for a really interesting postseason down the line. So should we move on to gymnast of the week for this week's gymnast of the week I actually decided to highlight two and that is both of the fifth years Amara Cunningham and Brenna Burke so I'll start with Amara she's a vault and floor specialist as we've kind of been talking about earlier um her highest vault score is a 9925 and her highest floor score is a 995 and really what I love about her floor is just that her tumbling is so powerful and explosive like you know she's a really good tumbler like sometimes I think her dance is you know it's okay but like you know there are like some gymnasts are dancers and some aren't and you know I think Amara really makes up for it in her tumbling and I think that's what really makes her routine impressive to me I don't know spending the rest of you think that too but Kaya yeah I I really like her routine I think it has also I mean her tumbling is great um but in terms of dance I think it has potential to grow honestly it's just facials like there are some parts where she's really into it and then there are some parts where it's not that there's nothing it's just less and so I think I mean but that's hard it's hard to like yeah. act and it is. and it is slip and dance and there's so many things going on um but I think that's something that would I mean really elevate her floor it's already great but just having that extra little bit of performance would be really really awesome yeah a little bit more expressiveness like I want to see her express herself a little bit more with the facials and like you said Kaya like especially this early in the season I think that's difficult um, to maintain that level of endurance but I think if she yeah had a little bit more expressiveness a little bit more with like footwork or handwork like I think could take the, her routine to the next level. I last season I don't believe she broke nine nine two five, but I think she could um, get into that nine nine five territory with a little bit more improvement in her dance. And I agree, she's a really explosive, very consistent gymnast. She's very reliable. You never have to worry when Amara's on the floor. She's gonna 
come out with a really good routine every time. Definitely. And I think, too, a lot of times, I think that there are a lot of gymnasts in the U where, you know, I think they, just because of how hard it is to do all the tumbling and all the dancing, and especially at the beginning of the season, where it really is that element of expression is the area where they could really, you know, work on and bring the routine to that next kind of level that really draws in, you know, fans and kind of, I think too, sometimes when you have that performance level, I feel like sometimes that judges are a little bit more like they, you know, because judges are human. And, you know, I feel like they kind of get into it a little more. And then because they're getting into it, they're overlooking those kind of minor deductions that they might be taking on a routine that, for lack of a better term, not many more of routines have ever done this, but then a routine that would say boring them per se. I don't know, but that's just my thought. But kind of getting back also to Amara, she it has said that when she, why she chose UW was because of the balance of athletics and academics. And she also wanted a chance to be part of something bigger than herself. And also she really felt like the city of Seattle offered a lot of you know, a lot of things to do, a lot of different things, and just seemed like a great place to live. And also a lot of times, for those of you who don't know, a lot of times gymnasts will change their commitment. So they may have committed to one school, but then in the end decide that for whatever reason, whether it's academics, whether they like the city better, the team better, they might change their commitment. So Amara actually originally committed to Temple, but uh, she ended up coming to UW, and I am really glad that she did. And um, Brenna, uh, Brenna Brooks was on the Pac-12 gymnast to watch list that they put at the beginning of this year. They took two gymnasts from every team. I believe that Skylar was the other Washington gymnast they put on there. And uh, she, you, she has done all four events in her career, but right now, uh, but from the last for the last couple of seasons, bars and beam have been her main event. Her high bar score has been nine eight seven five. Her high beam has been nine nine two five, and she has a really a Britney Spears score routine that she competed in the postseason last year that I absolutely love, and she'll be bringing it back this year. So I hope we really get we get to see that because it's just such a fun routine and. Um, She's originally from Texas, and she said the reason that, that she chose UW was, again, like Amara for the academics and the athletics, and also the fact that Washington has four seasons. So that's um, kind of a little bit of get to know you on Amara and Brenna. Anybody else want to add anything? I think I'm just excited for Brenna um, because I'm excited for her to potentially be competing all four events. Maybe we'll see that later in the season. I'd love to see her floor routine again. I think her vault looks spectacular. It's just the angle that I got to see it from the ozone video. It was so clean and if she could stick it, it would just be amazing. Like I just I have such high hopes for her this season and I'm so glad that she both of them decided to stick around for a fifth year because the team definitely needs them they are definitely mainstays of the team they're the glue that holds the team together and I think they're help, helping bring that legacy um, champion mentality from the previous era of UW gymnastics where you know we beat UCLA um, both of these gymnasts were in the competition where we beat UCLA and beat some of the other big schools. And so I think they kind of bring that confidence that maybe the underclassmen might not have developed yet. Exactly. And I think they're really integral to the leadership of the team too, because all of the experience that they have had, I think that really helps a lot. And to bring that into a team, bring the experience, the the culture shift from you know where it was in the last couple of years and I really feel like they will be huge leaders in that and I think that I hope that they're really inspiring to the rest of the team too and yeah I mean they're both great gymnasts I always look forward to 
like Amara sorority, and I always look forward Which... to seeing just how good is her vault going to be this week? Like, how high is it going to get? How much is she going to flare out of it? Is she going to stick it? Will they give her, like, I just always look forward to Brenna's beam, too. I feel like that's kind of a dark horse. Not everyone talks about it, but I know, in terms right? of what beam routine is going to be next to get a 10 or to get closest to the ten, to a 10, I think she's definitely in that running. Um, they're just both both great gymnasts and also i'm pretty sure that brenna is eligible for a sixth year i'm just throwing that out there i know it's, comple- <laughs> it's completely up to her and her body like i had to step away from the sport due to injuries so it's no judgment but she does have one more year of eligibility yes she does she <laughs> took a redshirt year and so yeah i'm secretly that would be amazing i just think like the best is to come for her like she hasn't even yet i get that sense she hasn't as a gymnast at UW yet and I think the best is ahead of her for sure for sure same with Amara like I think um she consistently brings those great floor routines and great vaults like such a exciting moment whenever she sticks her vault so okay well so closing thoughts I have a question for you all so I'm bringing this on you but so you know how Stanford has like the stick stick and Cal has the bear head where they literally put a giant like foam bear head on anybody who sticks their landing. What do you think we should have at Washington when a gymnast sticks their dismount? One thing, a stick is when you land and your feet don't move. They don't shuffle. Your heels don't lift up. It's when, it's like you're throwing a dart and it sticks. That's what a stick is. And um, I think LSU started it with a stick crown. So if someone stuck their vault or their beam dismount or their bars dismount, they just, they got to put a little crown on for a couple minutes. It's not, it's not a huge thing, but it's really funny. Well, it's become really funny with what people do. Yeah. I think it's a Pac-12, especially with Stanford and Cal. I'm like, Washington needs something funny like this. So I guess what I heard about Stanford is that they literally find a local stick from where they traveled to and then they put a red bow on it and I just think that's adorable and hilarious and funny and that's the kind of thing that people watch gymnastics for is to see if they can get the stick stick so I think Washington needs something but we gotta get think of something that's gonna be really fun I mean we could gift it to them or something <laughs> I thought we had the money gun one season wasn't yeah. there a money was that the there stick was thing there was a money gun but i feel like it just took too much work to clean it up afterwards (laughs) so that's a question for our listeners or maybe we can brainstorm next week but i think they need to have dubs attend every meet and then they can run around and do a lap with him every time they stick (laughs) (laughs) that would be fun yeah like ucla does like high fives we need to do something fun but we'll see (laughs) Okay, well, thanks everyone for listening and make sure to watch the Wasatch Classic. It's going to be streamed. We'll include the details in the show notes. And thank you all for listening.